Money FM 89.3. Best of Drive Time. In the Spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker. It's now time for In the Spotlight. And today the spotlight is on China. We've been talking for months how it's finally reopened its borders after nearly three years. The return of Chinese tourists who are expected to provide a boost to businesses, especially in neighboring countries that used to rely on them. Well, visitors to China will no longer need to undergo quarantine or do COVID-19 tests on arrival. And this began since early January this year, I believe, um, ending some of the country's remaining major restrictions after an abrupt U-turn on its pandemic policies last December. So this, of course, allows businessmen, tourists, all to return to China that's been largely closed outside of the world to since, what, 2020? Um, no doubt it's going to make it easier for previously grope-trotting Chinese to venture out. But the question we're asking is, will Chinese tourists make a revenge comeback? Is it still too early to tell? Well, on the line with me is Dr. Yong Chen, Professor of Marketing and Economics, EHL Hospitality Business School. Uh, Dr. Yong, good afternoon. How are you? Morning. How are you? Good afternoon. Uh, thanks a lot for taking the time. Let's talk a little bit about China's tourism scene. The outbound tourism between uh, the 2000s and the 2010s was about what was it all about as far as this boom is concerned? We saw China tourists wanting to venture out to every corner of the world. Yes. You know, because Tourism is basically the human business that depends on the movement of people from one place to another or between regions, between countries. So when it comes to tourism, there is twofold question. One is where are these tourists from? Okay. The other one is where they are traveling to. Okay. Mm. So over the past, I would say, 20 years, at least since 2000, as you mentioned, the driving force of outbound tourism, of international tourism in general, is in Asia-Pacific region, in particular in China, because not, because not only because of the largest population of China, but also because the economic growth in China that uh, propelled the demand for tourism from China. And, of course, when people have demand for tourism, uh, they need to find a destination. So what will be the destinations? Of course, countries in Asia-Pacific, including Singapore, are beneficiaries. But of course, people, especially these wealthy people, will travel for long distance to, let's say, Europe and the U.S. Mm. So it's a, it's a human business. And this human business must be underpinned by economic growth mm. uh, in the original country, but also supply other destinations. Uh, Doctor, we all know about COVID-19's economic impact to the tourism scene. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Uh, What do you think is the psychological impact of COVID-19, the psychological impact of being locked up in your own country for about three years? Yes. I think the impact, you're talking about psychology, that's at the individual basis. So obviously the impact is extremely huge. Because it's not because uh, we are talking about the pandemic. We had in history, we had many pandemics, actually. Mm. But this one, COVID, was extremely different in the sense that it lasted three years or, or maybe even longer. And imagine in lockdown, if you lock down, let's say, a city, uh, Shanghai, with 24 million population for two months. And you can imagine how people think in that environment. 
So psychologically, people's behavior would be very different from the usual do in a common environment. And this will affect their decision-making, including consumption, saving, many things. Yeah. And maybe some impacts we still have no idea because it, it takes time for this impact to emerge. Mm-hmm. I want to expand a little bit, Doctor, about this impact issue, right? Do you think there are other factors that affect this impact? And by that, I mean perhaps the other geopolitical squabbles or challenges uh, that China has had to deal with. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because as far as my understanding is concerned, the past three or four years since 2018 uh, is really the worst time in history, not only for tourism, but also for economy in general. Why I'm saying that is because, you know, over the past three years, we have gone through so many big events, okay, these historic events. Like the first one was the 2018 the U.S.-China trade war, and followed by the Hong Kong protest in 2019, and then the pandemic, then the escalation wars between Russia and Ukraine. And all these big events happened in a matter of three or four years. So you can imagine how even one thing event occurred. I mean, the global economy, tourism would be affected very badly, not to mention all these events that happened in a matter of three or four years. So you can imagine how bad, how devastating the situation is for the moment. Mm. Doctor, I want to talk about this whole idea of revenge travel that everyone's, you know, enjoying, right? But having said yeah. that, right, what's your opinion of this? How important is revenge travel? Isn't it better to have stability, consistency as far as travel is concerned, instead of celebrating, oh, suddenly all the tourists are back. Yay, our economy is good to go. What are your thoughts on this? And, and where did the Chinese stand? Yes, I mean, revenge. People, when people are using this word in, in the media or maybe in discussion, people have some expectation that tourists will come back. Why? Will come back as soon as possible uh, in a large numbers. Why? Because we were really in an economic recession and a tourism recession over the past three years. So people indeed have this expectation. That's one thing, which is good because if tourists do not come, let's say to Switzerland, to Singapore, we'll not be able to grow the economy because tourism is one part of the international trade. The four countries are like some small island countries. Mm. Tourism is perhaps the only one business. But on that hand, sometimes I don't like the word revenge. It's because, uh, you know, of course, uh, people have a desire to travel. But on that hand, we need to look at the supply, whether the supply can keep up with the increased demand in a very short time period. But the answer is no. Mm. The answer is no is because over the past two or three years during the pandemic, we know the supply side of the tourism economy, including hotels, airlines, restaurants, shrunk maybe to one-third of the pre-COVID level. So it's very unlikely that this supply can keep up Mm. with the demand. Now, the consequence is that the price will be extremely high. And it's not the right path to growing the tourism economy because you have so much fluctuation in the market and the tourists will not be happy. Okay. Even though they are traveling, but the soft quality may be lower than that was in the pre-COVID level. So it's not a good news. 
I completely agree with you, Doctor, and I myself have suffered from that in my previous travels and my upcoming ones to Japan as well. I would like to expand on that a little bit more. You talked about how, you know, this idea of revenge, people wanting something, but in ratio, can the supply and demand meet? Your answer was no. Having said all that, are people smart enough to see that? To see that, that there's no supply and demand to meet my needs? Are people smart enough to go, okay, maybe I should change my travel preferences? Is the world ready for the Chinese change in travel preferences? What are your thoughts? Yes, of course. People are rational to some extent. In a sense, let's say, if we speak of Chinese tourism in the golden week, the Labor Day week last week, that's the only time, maybe that's the one of the three time periods where people uh, have time, the one week holiday. So if you don't travel in this time period, when can you travel? You can't, okay? So, of course, everyone makes decisions rationally. I I need to travel during the Golden Week, Labor Day Week. And when everyone makes this decision, okay, collectively, the consequence might not be rational. Why? Because all of us, okay, including you and me, are pushing up the price, okay, because the demand suddenly increases by maybe 200% or 300%. But that's not the consequence that Mm -hmm. the people may foresee when they make decisions individually. Doctor, it's been a very insightful conversation. I do appreciate your time. I've been speaking with Dr. Yong Chen, Professor of Marketing and Economics, EHL Hospitality Business School. Doctor, thank you again. You take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.